0: We bless you, Lord, that you indeed are beyond our comprehension. And even right now, tens of thousands and tens of millions of angels and cherubim and seraphim are surrounding the throne. And they are crying out day and night, holy, holy, holy. So we pray that in this little cornfield, in this little town, that somehow the holies of our hearts and the holies of our lives would join the holies of heaven. And you'd be honored and you'd be lifted high. This one has taught us to pray. Can we pray together the prayer he taught us? If you don't know those words, it'll be on the screen. And the power and the glory forever. Amen. Please be seated. As we continue on in Revelation, we're going to look at chapter 1, verses 12 through 20. May I invite you to open your Bibles, please, to chapter 1 or your electronic Bible or whatever you have? In the back, there are Bibles available if you wish near the entrances. And I'd like to do a couple things. Um, can I? I'd like to. Last week on Liberty Weekend, we were relatively low attended, and so we did some sharing in smaller groups. I'd like to ask for that again. So let me just show you what I'd like to ask in a few minutes. My slide nine, please. So, so I'd like to ask after we watch the, another video in a couple minutes, has your mental image of Jesus been impacted by the viewing of the two Bible Project videos on the Revelation? how and why or why not so we're trying to what I'm trying to do is um, simply put I'm trying to have us think more biblically and hebraically about the revelation and what I'm trying to do in all the series is and to have you understand this is very applicable to daily living it's incredibly applicable But we have to get through a ton of material. And so in that light, can I have slide seven again? Jumping around just a little bit. So I said last week, and let me just emphasize this to you. There are 404 verses in what's called the Revelation. In those 404 verses, 278 have anywhere from one to three references to other Old Testament passages. Altogether, in 404 verses, there are 518 allusions to Scripture. So, as we read the Revelation, you're going to read about beasts and dragons and all these things. And for us, it's like, oh, so we've developed this theology in America over the last 30 years that is really, really interesting. And it misses this. So I'm gonna show you this morning in chapter one, 12 through 20, I'm gonna give you one example of the 278. And what we need to think about is when the, when the person who carried this scroll to these seven churches, just blank screen in a minute. So th- this is a letter written to a pre- people who are in difficult times. Could be difficulties of too much money, too little money, persecution by the government, or other personal maladies. These seven ci- cities, seven churches, are pastored by one man named John. He's in prison in a penal colony. He writes a letter that was brought to each one of these places that were about 50 to 70 miles apart. So the messenger would come in with a scroll and would open it. It took about an hour and 15 minutes and he went to every one of those churches and read the scroll. Now, all these images, now back to the screen, as he read these words, they recognized all of this. So when we read it, we think, oh, it's this, it's this, it's all, it's all no, everything coming right out of scripture. Listen, everything is coming right out of scripture. They knew the scriptures. So to them, this was an encouragement. He's encouraging them to stay committed to Jesus. So he, but he has to get past the Roman censors. So how could he get past the Roman guards who are holding everything, not allowing him to leave the island, the penal colony? He has to use images. And so he has all kinds of images and ideas. And the people are going, oh, wait, that makes sense. That makes sense. And he's trying to give them encouragement. So that's what's behind all this. Now, one more thing, slide number three, eight. I'm gonna suggest to you that the book of Revelation is not from chapter one to 22 a linear line. I, I respectfully disagree with that. I think if you understand how the Hebraic writing occurs, they keep repeating themes. So there are seven visions of Jesus. There are seven bowls. There are seven trumpets. There are seven seals and there's consistently repeating at the top, things are great, every one of these cycles, and then things get bad, 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 really worse, and then it gets back up to the top, oh, and there's hope. And it happens over and over and over. The judgment is actually in the Revelation multiple times. We have Revelation, we have a 666 in our heads, and I said it last week. We have this, this theology that says we're gonna have six, six, six written on our heads at the end of time. I'm gonna respectfully say, I don't think that's true at all. Let me explain the why. It's called the anti-SHEMA. What's the Shema? Every Jewish man had a, forgive me, a hat with a little box. It had the Shema on it. On their coats, they had a little piece of twine with a Shema. What's the Shema on their heads, on their hands. What was the Shema? Every day they're supposed to say it. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and soul and mind and strength and love your neighbors yourself. That's what they had in their heads and on their hands. The anti-Shema, and and that is 777. The anti-Shema is 666. If you know Hebrew, In Hebrew numbers, Roman Emperor Nero and the word beast in Hebrew are 666. So what John is saying to the church, will you follow after Jesus or will you be intimidated by Rome? Armageddon, Armageddon what do we have in our theology in America today? There's this great big war and then we go into the Middle East and, and there's Gog and Magog and China and Russia and all this. Well, if you we read the passage, there's no war. If you read the Bible, there's no war. Jesus shows up full of blood, says something, and the war's over. It's it's meant to encourage people to stay committed to Jesus. That's what we're invited to do. So the question that St. John is asking them and us is, will we be committed to Jesus, or are we gonna be committed to America and all the American values? Because America can be just like Rome. I'm not gonna get political on you, just follow. Greece, Persia, Rome, just follow human history. And he's arguing it's easy for us Christians in any culture to come submit ourselves to culture and to compromise to culture. And what John is saying repeatedly through the centuries, will we remain committed to Jesus? So that's what's happening in this whole book. Now, I'll give you one more thing. Um, My sentence for the morning number five and then we're gonna read the passage. So here's the, here's the sermon in a sense Jesus is at the center. It is hard for Christ's followers to keep him there. Now, last week I really emphasized, I gotta move this, I wanna block your view. I emphasized the Lamb. Starting in chapter four, all you read and hear about is the Lamb. And the Lamb is always covered in blood, and the Lamb is on the throne. And the lamb is victorious because he's willing to die for those he loves. But in chapter 1, verse 12, through chapter 3, we have this. And so I wonder, you know why? Why does John begin with this image? Because before he can go here, he has to assure them of here. So when you see and you read chapter 1, 12 through 20, and you see where Jesus comes back, that's where my theology of the return of Christ comes from. And d- let me just jump ahead just a little bit. I'll, the description comes from Daniel chapter 7, Old Testament reference. He talks about his voice is like the sound of th- rushing, thundering waters. What does that mean? Here's an example Stand below Niagara Falls. How loud is that? That's how loud Jesus speaks in chapter one, verses 12 through 20. And then he's bright as the sun. Do you know when we have those times when you can look up the sun, you gotta wear special glasses, your eyeballs won't get burned out, you know what I'm talking about? Jesus, this Jesus, is that bright. So when Jesus returns, I want you to think about when he comes back to earth The sound of Niagara Falls and the whole world sees it at the same time. How? I don't understand that. And when he comes back, it's going to be as bright as the sun and no one can stand. And in the passage, what does he do? He falls to the ground. Why does John begin with this? Before he can go here, he has to assure them of here. So, the... the, you don't hear that Jesus is this wimpy, well, he just gave his life for people. No, 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 no. He's him. Like this. So chapter four on, that's who we read about. So having said that, let's look at chapter one, verses 12 through 20. And then we're gonna watch the video. Quick conversation, and I'm gonna teach you a little bit. Chapter one, 12 through 20. And be ready to jump to Daniel chapter seven, because we're gonna go there too. So, I'm going both things going here. Chapter 1, verse 12. Goes like this. I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me. And I turned and saw seven golden lampstands. He'll explain that in a moment. And among the lampstands was someone like the Son of Man. Okay, now there's one of those references. Uh, slide 7. So here's one of those. This is coming right from, right from the book of Daniel. Seventy-four times in the story, you have stories, images, allusions from Daniel. So I'll turn your Bible to Daniel chapter 7. Page number, please. Here you go, chapter 7. We're going to start at verse 13. 13, 14, and go back up to 9. So what he sees in Revelation chapter 1, verse 12 is described in Daniel chapter seven, and they all knew the story. Chapter seven, verse 13. Daniel seven, 13. In my vision at night I looked, and there before me was someone like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. Now, that's exactly what we read about when Jesus returns. Jesus, the son of man, approached the Ancient of Days, that's God the Father, and was led into his presence. He, Jesus, was given authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will never be destroyed. The kingdom of God is never in trouble. Now go back to verse 9. So he's looking at this, this thing. As I looked, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow. The hair of his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. And a river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. And the court was seated, and the books were opened. Now, back to Revelation chapter 1. Verse 12, I turned around to see the voice that was speaking to me, and when I turned, I saw the seven golden lampstands, and among the lampstand was someone like a son of man. We just read about him. He's dressed in a robe, reaching down to his feet, with a golden sash around his chest, the image of a priest. The hair on his head was white like wool, brilliant wisdom. Wisdom as white as snow, and his eyes were like blazing fire, x-rays right into you. His feet were like bronze, not clay, can't fall over They're solid, they're glowing in a furnace, red hot, and his voice was like the sound of rushing waters. Think Niagara Falls. In his right hand, he held seven stars. They thought there were seven stars at that time. It's in his hand, authority and power. And coming out of his mouth was a sharp, double-edged sword, His face was like the sun shining in all its brilliance. You can't stand it. Now look what happens in verse 17. When I saw him, Jesus, I fell at his feet as though dead. Now can you imagine that? That's what's gonna happen when Jesus returns. Can you imagine that? Remember last week's sentence? Are the scriptures given us for information? or the scripture's given us for imaginative transformation. This week, Jesus is at the center. We keep him there. Then he placed, Jesus placed his right hand on me and said, don't be afraid. I am the first and the last, Alpha and Omega, beginning and the end. I am the living one. I'm not dead. Rome did not kill me. I was dead, and now look. I'm alive forever and ever, And in two weeks, I'm going to explain this. And I hold the keys of death and Hades. Write, therefore, what you have seen, what is now, and what will take place later. And now he explains. The mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand and the seven gold lampstands is this. The seven stars are the angels of the seven churches and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. People of God, this is the word of God. Now, let's watch the video. This is Revelation 12 through chapter 12 minutes long. I'd like you to keep watching this. All right, very good. Thank you. Get your Bible. Look with me. I'm going to give you a quick overview of a couple things, then I have a couple questions for you. So look at your Bible. You're heading in chapter 1, verse 9. It says, John's vision of Jesus. I just described for you chapters two and three. Jesus is going to talk to the seven churches, clearly describing what he sees in each of them. In chapter four and five, we look to what's happening in heaven. And Mike led us in our liturgy this morning from the the songs. There are five songs in Revelation four and five. So chapter one, Jesus the king. Chapter two, Jesus is walking through, walking around, checking out his churches, telling what he sees. Chapter four and five, John, the text says, There was a door before me, and he goes up into heaven and he gets to see the worship in heaven. And chapters four and five is all about worship. Finally, chapter six, the seals begin to be opened. Look at the sequencing. Jesus, the first and the last, the Alpha and the Omega, the powerful, thundering, blazing, incredible one, knows what's happening in every single local church. Just read, he assigns an angel to each church and he looks at the people in each church and shares what he sees. And then before they go to what's happening in the world, the heavens open and John sees what's happening in the heavens, and he's amazed. And finally, in chapter six, now there's gonna be describing what's going on in our world, but this has to be established first. So one of the questions I ask myself is, I asked you this over the last several years, Here's the question I've said, and it's quoted from multiple theologians. One's image of Jesus is the single most important thing about him or her. In the Revelation, do you believe this? Is that your image of Jesus? Do you believe this? Because if you can embrace these metaphors of who Jesus is, you can handle anything. Who's your Jesus? Who's your Jesus? Interesting. The order is significant. Before John starts to unfold history through the seals, he brings their attention to who Jesus is. Can I I, I push this just a second? I use my, let me use me. If I spend too much time reading from multiple sources and mediums what's happening in our world, I become cynical, depressed, negative, judgmental, and I want to just get really isolated in my judgmental spirit. Am I the only one here? And the revelation says, open up your eyes. Lift up your head, everything's actually just fine. Everything is actually just fine. My dad used to say to us all the time, until he falls off the throne, we ain't got no problems. Welcome to the story of the Revelation. So a couple quick things for you please. If you don't have a bookmark please do please 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 watch the videos part one part two about 11 12 minutes each read the assigned passage starting next week um, let's see uh, slide 13 starting next week at 10 minutes before each service for the rest of the series we're going to read the passage so if you want to come early to listen and just listen or read along you certainly can but I want you to hear the words of the Revelation. I want you to be exposed because then we'll try to unpack it. The videos are critical, I'll try to help do my part as well. Action Steps, slide 11. Would you view the Bible Project videos? QR codes here, and if you don't access the Wi-Fi, come to church and we'll help you out here. Next week, could you you read Revelation two and three before we come to worship? Because I'll read it to all of us. And if you choose the next slide, if you'd like to join a text group and just talk about what's happening, you're invited to do that. Let's pray together, can we? Lord, I'm praying, I've been praying that you would open us up, open our hearts, our minds, our thinking, and our feeling to you to the wonder and the glory and the mystery of who you are. Would you pray for yourself, for your relationship with Jesus, whatever you need to say to him and would you listen from him? What what do you and he have to say to each other? What would Jesus say to you? What do you say to him? So Lord, would you move among us in ways we don't even know yet? Would you give us such a sense of your presence, such encouragement by who you are, that we could live and love and serve and sacrifice and if needed, die as those who've gone before us have, as you have done for us So, Lord, may your kingdom come. May your will be done as we behold the Lamb on earth as he is in heaven. Amen.